Welcome to day 243 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. We've been immersed in Isaiah. Uh, you know, this week we've uh, kind of gone, you know, from chapter to chapter. We're not reading it through, but we've, you know, picked some uh, key chapters that capture the heart, you know, of Isaiah's prophecy. And part of the reason we're doing this is to uh, prepare us, you know, for what we're going to read when we come to the New Testament. Well, the narrative passages give us a story that leads to Christ. Uh, the prophets and the writers uh, give us the images that help bring meaning to the substance of what Christ has done. We come today to Isaiah 52 uh, through 53, and this is a remarkable passage. It's not only remarkable in uh, the precision in which it talks about an event that is yet 900 years in the future, um, but it is also uh, remarkable in its, its Hebrew you know, poetry. There's five stanzas in the first and the last correspond to each other, speaking about the exaltation of the Lord, the second and the fourth correspond to each other, speaking about the rejection of the Lord, and the middle one speaking about the atoning redemption of the Lord. So it comes to climax right there in the middle in verses uh, four through six in Isaiah chapter 53, and you'll kind of feel it. It's really nice. Uh, as it works that way. So we go uh, to Isaiah 52. We'll begin in verse 13. Uh, Chapters are placed in the wrong place here. If only we could go back and correct that uh, little error by man. Uh, But we'll read uh, read through the end of 53. But before we do, this is going to be, this is a passage that we ought to just read it and remain silent uh, for the next, you know, 10 minutes. It's so deeply, uh, so deeply beautiful. Uh, so let's prepare ourselves to receive not only an astounding prophecy, but just a beautiful description of atonement mm-hmm. uh, in Christ Jesus. So, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up in prayer before we read? Father, this is an incredible passage. Um, as we look at your servant and Father, your plan, and uh, all that Christ has done for us, may me, as Paul said, may we just sit and kind of soak in, in these these words and realize that while we were once your enemy, that we were brought near because of Christ. And may that be very impactful as we think through uh, and read through these um, these passages today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah fifty two thirteen. See, my servant will act wisely. He'll be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his farm marred beyond human likeness, so he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they have not told they will see for what they were not told they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we were healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and his sheep before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and will be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among uh, the great, and he will divide the spoils among the strong, because he who poured out his life unto death was numbered among the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Remarkable. And a piece of poetry. A remarkable uh, preparation for what we would later see in the sacrifice of Christ and his exaltation. Uh, this is just a wonderful little piece of theology. I mean, it's down to the detail of buried with the rich in his, his death and with the trans, numbered with the transgressors and buried with the rich in his death. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. I really love the opening in 13, see my servant will act wisely. Um, I guess I, I called to think of Jesus in the garden as he's praying and as he's even suffering um, with what would be his impending separation from God and, and of course, death. Um, and three times would ask that that cup might be taken away, but yet he you know, chose to walk in obedience, which was, was wise. And we know that's wisdom, you know, is, is, is obedience. And um, it's so amazing that he was able to even accomplish all that. And, and of course, we've, we've just you know, talked about the foolishness of those who, who seek after idol. And of course, all of our ways you know, tend to be a little bit foolish. They're, mm-hmm. they're highly exalted in our eyes until we realize you know, their paltry insignificance and compared to the incredible work he has done. And of course, you have a, a whole tradition, you know, in Hebrew scripture of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you go back to Proverbs and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so everything he does is pleasing to the Lord mm-hmm. and in worship to the Lord and is brought out of reverence, you know, from, you know, from the Lord. Therefore, he will be highly, highly exalted. Mm-hmm. I always wonder as I read this passage what would have been going through the you know people of Israel's minds they hear this thinking what what is it, what is this about you know what mm-hmm. and we look back on it and it's mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable as we even look back and, and mm-hmm. see man Jesus was the embodiment of this mm-hmm. and in so many ways but to to see suffering and, clo- and glory go together in the servant and and the servant will come and as the servant comes he will be pierced for our transgressions you know he will take up our pain he will take our punishment you know that that is due to us because of our sin and yet in that you know he he will bring us back into fellowship with the, i mean just mm-hmm. kind of the remarkable nature we've talked about this quite a bit that we probably should just sit in silence and, <laughs> and listen no doubt you know yeah, and, and respond sure. but I mean, what a remarkable passage and not so much just because of it, it declared these things but because these things 
were fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. No, and of course, if you'd ask Israel, they would have seen in this a picture of themselves. Yeah. They were bruised and they were beat up and mm-hmm. beat up. I don't know where that came from. They were beat up, <laughs> and, and you know they would one day they would one day be exalted. And uh, the only thing that really doesn't fit is uh, who would who would redeem Israel? Yeah, mm-hmm. because Israel is described mostly in the phrase you know in, in six we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to his own way, and the Lord laid on, on him mm-hmm. the iniquity of us all. And, and of course, it, it took one who had no yeah. sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might experience, you know, the righteousness, you know, the righteousness of God. And, and these are just you know, such fantastic descriptions of who Christ was. He, he was a, a Jewish carpenter peasant. And uh, people are looking for a king and they're looking for power. The, the place that they would have most quickly walked by on the streets of Nazareth with a little carpenter shop and the, you know, the 30-year-old young man over there you know, fashioning yokes or fashioning uh, you know, masonry, whatever you know, he was doing. He was uh, everything but one you would look to for this you know, kind of redemption. And, of course, you speak of the cross, disfigured to the point uh, that we would turn our faces away, and we certainly would. I, I don't know about you guys, as tough as I am, and I know, you know, I have that that image, and you guys think of me as very tough. But I, I, I see blood sometimes on TV. I just kind of uh, mm, wince and turn away. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's nothing compared to how deeply he was disfigured, you know, for us, you know, through the cross and through the pain, you know, pain of the cross. That's the thing that keeps every time I hear this, and even reading it again today is that whole idea of, you know, for us, that that all the brutality we, we read in here and all the things that Christ did for us, you know, it, he took our place because we were the ones that were to experience the pain and the suffering. We were the ones that were to be despised and rejected, and we were the ones to be stricken and afflicted and pierced and crushed, and, you know, because we were the ones who had gone astray, right? we should be oppressed and yet mm-hmm. what did he do he he took all of that onto himself and i mean that's just so unbelievable to even begin to think about all the all that he went in all that he endured was what we were to endure because of our sin because of because of how we've gone from God, and yet He took it on Himself. Yeah, and we've we've had these wonderful descriptions of His gentleness, and uh, we have this like a tender shoot, and He came up, you know, before us, and of course that takes us back to chapter eleven, uh, you know, the uh, the shoot that rises out of the stump, uh, you know, of Jesse, uh, as as well. So that's a picture of His royalty and of His you know divine purpose. It's a picture of what we've seen in Isaiah chapter nine, going back just a little bit far, the child that shall. Uh, rulers would be wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace uh, but in the same person as one who was crushed and and one who was destroyed and, and i i love you know uh, where it talks about you know uh, verse 10 yet it was the lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer and though the lord makes him an offering for sin he will see his offspring, offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. Beautiful picture. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Beautiful picture of the resurrection, and of course the offspring he is talking about is those uh, who come into relationship with God through faith in the, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's cut off as a young man with no heritage in his generation, and yet his heritage is all of the generations. And, and so it's 
And then Paul quotes this, you know, verse 12, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. And, of course, the spoils are the grace we have in him, the spiritual gifts he's given us in the body of Christ, which is, you know, called together. Nice passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're listening to this in your car, you ought to pull over. It won't take you two and a half minutes. Read this passage through again and meditate on it through the rest of the day. Yeah. Father, thank you for the beauty of, of Christ and the horror of what he suffered on our behalf. Thank you that you did, as, as Paul said, made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might know the righteousness of God. Thank you for the incredible price you paid in order to bring us into your presence and know you. May we, Father, honor your grace and may your grace have its, its full effect in our lives. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.